2018. We made it. Hello, we're welcome. Still, we're still alive. We are. We just made it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's James V. James Season 2. Season 2, bitches. Yeah, we, we, we're going to have some new artwork at some point, but we're, we're just starting off 2018 with a, with a bit of a light one. We're, we're not going to be at each other's throats for this one. For now. Uh, for now, yeah. No, we're going to be looking back just at uh, the general political stories that, that rocked 2017, that, that had us uh, on the edge of our seats for the fucking reality TV show that politics has become at this point. Yeah, well, it's been it's been fun. fun. Fun is in the sense of watching two cars crash into each other. You know, it's fun in that sort of way, you know, if you don't think about it for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of political stories that happened in 2017. It's, it's one of those political years that, that just keep happening. It was no more light political years. It's, it's all political all the time. It's, it was Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it struck me as it was kind of the lag from 2016. Mm, it was like yeah. 2016 part two. But you know when, like, Disney... Oh, that makes it sound awful. Right? Dump, dumpster fire part <laughs> but, two more. But, like it, am I right, guys? <laughs> Wait, I mean, if you look at like Lion King, Lion King one, massive, fantastic, an explosion. Lion King two, <laughs> a shit shadow of the first one. Oh my god, that's that is like the most like the most shade anyone's ever thrown at a year. You're the Lion yeah. King two of yeah. years. Yeah. That is that is ow cruel, <laughs> very Absolutely. cruel. Um, but yeah, no, I would describe it as the Lion King two of years. Oh wow, that's, that's ow. Um, yeah, but but in terms of what what actually happened, uh, so we, we had uh, Brexit grinding on, um, still being just yeah, yeah br- br- good old Brexit. Um, nobody's we, happy about it now. Nobody's right? happy about it now. Uh, Trump, nobody's happy about him now. Nope. Um, the Me Too movement, where this was my favorite description of 2017. In 2016, all your favorite people died. In 2017, all your favorite people are dead to you. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. because of the Me Too movement and, and just like all the sexual harassment I mean, that was supposedly happening. I remember and... the Kevin Spacey thing. And that hit me like a brick because oh, I, yeah. I loved Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, the, all the other ones but... like um, Harvey Weinstein's like yeah, yeah, you can believe it. Yeah, but, but then it's like no, I too, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, not <laughs> yeah. you. You were one of the all right ones. Oh no. And and yeah, there, there was uh, a few other ones where it's... it was just like oh no, not that guy. And like like George Takei got accused with it. Um, Stan Lee recently. Louis C.K. Louis. You C. know what? I was yeah. glad. I always hated that guy. Um, I had never liked him. I didn't hate him, but it's like... I wasn't glad, obviously, but but it was just, I was kind of... I never liked him, you know? My suspicions I, were confirmed. I was not surprised. Like, I, I don't hate him, I kind of liked his comedy, but it's like, yeah, I can kind of believe he'd wank in front of a woman. It's just like... Yeah. It's, he's one of those... It's like, if you're friends with him, he's one of those weird friends where it's like, he makes a few too many jokes where it's like, that feels a bit too much like you had a real experience there, where it's like, okay, you're, yeah, all right, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the, the, that movement was, I mean, it was named the person of the year, which time me- really needs to fi- fix their definition of person of the year. I, I, I'm, I'm glad they spotlighted the movement, but the Me Too movement being the person of the year is, is that's, that's it's quite saying, weird. It? It's quite weird. I think it was pretty fitting when they had Obama and Trump on. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, they were the people of their year. Obviously, yeah. And they had Putin like twice, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's, th- there could have been a few other people that, that fit that. But you know, Milo. It, it was, it was spo- Milo. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. M- Milo was, was a person of, of, of the year. <laughs> he, um... He, he spectacularly went down in flames this year because, yeah. uh, you know, it's all well and good ba- ba- banging on celebrities and, and being a, a shit person on Twitter. But, but as soon as you say, hey, guys, maybe you, sh- you, should, you should let young boys get fucked by old people. It's just like that, then everyone steps away from him and just like, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe we were, well, we were too far. I've, I've <laughs> said this about Milo. Like, I, liked, I liked Milo until I saw the gorilla stuff. Mm, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that for me was the end of me liking yeah, yeah. Milo. And then this other stuff came out and I thought, well, yeah, I mean... Um, for those of you who don't remember, because there's so many of, of these kind of troll stories, um, he trolled Leslie Jones, one of the stars of Ghostbusters, uh, a black woman, with uh, comparing her to uh, Harambe, was it? The, the gorilla? Yeah. And it's just like, that was probably... That was definitely not the way you should have gone about that. Like, yeah. it's all well and good triggering the libs, but it's like... You just, that's not even a but, joke, but that's, that's just racism, right? There's, like, and there's also a difference between, well, mm. he kept saying, okay, well, I don't control what people who support me say. And it's like, well, no, but you can discourage that and say, look, this, oh, is, yeah, this is not the path I want to take you on. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. as quote-unquote followers of mine. Yeah. You know, you, sh- you, should, you should lead by example. No, right. I, it was it was super fun watching him uh, lose his book deal and lose his Twitter and and lose just like all the because especially seeing as um I, I don't know he he was 
a right wing guy, like, and I could kind of enjoy his jokes a little bit, like from a detached point of view. But watching him go down in flames as one of the enemies was 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 fun from my perspective, at least. I think Louis C.K. is the equivalent, though. Oh yeah, I mean, he was a liberal guy who was very sort of, um, you know, kind of. Oh yeah, and just say up his own ass to to be to be. Oh yeah, and Joss Whedon as well um, got got uh, you know accused as well, and and that's not. Um, there were a few high-profile, quote-unquote, liberal guys who were very, who were feminists and, and big names and all, all for women's rights and definitely for women progression. And, you know, it, a lot of people said that was just a smokescreen, clearly, for, for well, this, them. This is what a lot of the lot of the right say, don't they? That this whole kind of, you know, equality stuff and, like, you know, women's rights and this kind of stuff is a smokescreen. That's just purely mm. all it is. Which is one of the main criticisms. I don't think it's fair to say that it's all it is, but there are... Not for th- everyone, th- obviously. Th- there yeah. is definitely a, a vein of um, especially white men in Hollywood who seem to be definitely championing all of these causes and secretly they're, they're yeah, not practising what they preach at all well, for, in terms of women or, I mean, or racism or anything. I like. mean, you've got Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, Democrat, mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey, Democrat, Louis C.K., Democrat. Oh, yeah, Hillary Clinton had to, uh, had to avoid having met half of them, which... Uh, um, you know, it made, Although, made it very awkward for her. Seth MacFarlane knew all about this somehow. Mm. You know. Oh yeah, because um, he made a joke. Uh, yeah. um, was it at, at the Oscars? Just saying, like, um, don't worry, ladies, you no longer have to pretend that you like Harvey Weinstein. And well, it's like and at the time when he was um in, in Family Guy when Stewie the baby <clears throat> runs through the mall going, help, help, I've just escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. Mm. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, and that was like in 2012. That was a very weird joke at the time. I was like, wait, what? What's this about Kevin Spacey? I didn't realize. That, like, I, I thought, what, wait, is this a meme? that I'm not in on but it, then it turned out oh wow that's uh, alright yeah um, and Kevin Spacey then trying to cover it up by doing the I'm gay <laughs> meme well, did, like... you, did you see that this this kind of guy that's kind of blown up in the last week this Logan Paul character oh, I don't man. care who he is I don't care anything but, oh, but did you see that his, his tweet when he said okay I admit I did this wrong but I now choose to live as a gay man and he was doing like a, a copy of uh, Kevin oh, Spacey, a parody of Kevin Spacey's okay. thing. That was the only funny thing he's done. Other than that, that's the, the rest only, of it was that's, just... That's the only joke that Logan Paul has actually ever told. I think the rest <laughs> yeah. of it is just like him being a terrible human being. It's like, it's funny because... It's just some... not funny. Have you seen the Japan one? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that's just not funny. No, I've seen a bunch of stuff with yeah. Logan Paul. I, I prefer not to... Like, I've gotten to the point where um, with cele- the, the outrage culture has gotten to this point where... Even if it is truly outrageous, I'm just sick of seeing it in my feed when... Don't oh, feed the troll. Yeah, yeah, that that too, but it is just like, it's like, oh, this YouTuber who you've never heard of, but they've got 33 million subscribers and they're a fucking awful human being. It's like, I don't want to hear about this. Yeah. And like, 2017 hasn't had enough awful, like, actual things to worry about that the, the, that just doesn't compare anymore, you know? Like, like when we're honestly concerned it's about... It's actually I, boring. Yeah, it is, right? It's boring, it's, isn't it? Is. I, I want to hear yeah. actual discussion. I want to hear yeah. an actual conversation going. Yeah, so speaking know? of which, um, go, going more into um, specific news stories, let's um, let's let's take a run through some... Because okay. we're going to jump around a few of the little ones there. Yeah. Um, but specifically, I mean, Trump obviously has dominated the, the, news, the news cycle for the entire year, because this is his first full year in office mm-hmm. and a lot of that was dominated with the whole thing of him really just being completely aberrant and, and dunking on the press and like being this super weird like because like, we we have to keep saying it that this is weird for a president to to say that the press is bad in general and and lying and and like degrading the first amendment and saying like he doesn't want stuff published it, and there are so many stories of this that, that were quite troubling that, that uh you know i mean it's a worldwide thing of, of trump just Constantly using Twitter to to be it, disturbingly you know against it, the First Amendment. I think I think you're right, and I, I think um in terms of the first year of Trump's um, <laughs> should we call it presidency regime um, <laughs> regime um, it's kind of like you know when you get like a, a revolution mm. and you get like a, for example the communist revolutions. And there's this kind of like this big kind of excitement. There's a big kind of explosion. This kind of big boom. You know, we're going to change the world. It's going to be different. We're going to fight back. It's a new movement, new world. Mm. I kind of feel the the election of Trump and Brexit was part of that, mm. um, and kind of gave that kind of feeling to the people on the right or the more conservative leaning mm. people, and then the reality sets in. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with with the, with the revolutions of the past. It all breaks down, and nothing quite gets done, and and they become the new elite. Mm. You know, it's kind of like I kind of feel that Trump hasn't really followed through. Oh yeah, definitely. As you as you would expect. Yeah. But I mean, the victory isn't enough, mm. is it? I mean, is it really a victory if nothing gets done? 
Well, after I mean, the fact. I mean, it's it's been said a bunch of times in in a bunch of different places, and I'm not surprised by it at all that Trump never planned to be president. Like he, he the 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 goal of his of his campaign was to place maybe second or third in the Republican nomination. If he got the nomination, which they thought would like, oh, that will never happen. But I mean, if he if he does, he'll never be president. You know, and and like the idea was, oh, he'll use this as as a thing to sell his own news network, or like he'll use it to increase his own brand. Because anyone who runs for president, it increased their their brand value. Yeah, like yeah. it was just meant to be that. It's a and, place in American history as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, to be almost you know president uh, and like that's all he was going for and then through no intention or work or even like investment of his own um suddenly he just ends up as president and like obviously there's this new book fire and fury which there's some disputed claims in there but it, it was saying that uh melania was like crying on the election night that um that trump was not game for this at all and like had to come to terms with it like and, and it became more about ego than, than necessarily well, about wanting to run the country you know i think i would agree with you in the fact that he wasn't really expecting to win oh no one, i think yeah, he no. wanted to win though because mm. i think that money i mean it's, it's very hard for us to imagine as mm. people kind of you know not on the not on the high high levels of the economic ladder but if you are on the high levels, money quickly becomes boring. Mm. You know, the next thing you want is power and prestige, mm. a place in history. You know, so I think Trump did want to win. I think you know he's in his seventies. How much more? How much more money did he really need? Oh yeah, no, he's you know? he's, he's not I, motivated I think... so much by money. But I I, I think I think mm, I I debate at least at the beginning if he wanted to win the presidency. I think even once he realized he had a chance, I think he wanted to win the presidency. I don't think he wanted to have the presidency, if you know well, what I mean. No, like, I, I, know, I know what you mean. I mean, to, to be president is enough in his eyes. You know, mm. it's not actually doing the job. Um, but I, I think he did work for it. I think it was a, it was a really well-run campaign, one that will be studied for centuries to come. Mm. Um, it was it was fantastic. I mean, the, the slogans, he's a branding genius. Mm. Make America great again. That was, I can't even remember Hillary's, Hillary's one. Uh, I Can mean, you? Uh, oh, no, I remember it because it was uh, everyone made fun of it. It's the I'm with her, remember? Okay, well, give me a break. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, it, it was very... Um, I mean, make yeah. America great again. I mean, these things you know, are pretty stole, fantastic. He, you know, he but... stole it from Reagan, right? Reagan literally used that as his second campaign. Well, Reagan won as well. I mean, it's, oh it's, yeah, yeah, but but so... it, it's not like a new thing. Like that he came up with whole cloth or anything. No, but it's a good strategy, isn't it? I oh mean, yeah, yeah to, no, to, I... it's about kind of bringing back glories of old kind mm. of idea. Yeah, yeah whether or not yeah. they ever existed. I'm kind of at that place now with Trump, where I think, okay, you achieve what you wanted to achieve. You got your quote unquote place in history, mm. but actually, do you have the academic? intelligence and, mm. and education I don't want to sound like an elitist here but mm. really I mean geopolitically does he understand the geopolitics of the world I mean it, you know, does he understand the, the intricacies yeah. of other governments you know China isn't just one person oh, know, yeah, China obviously. is a communist party you know there's lots of various factions just like America is does he understand how the senate works like these kind of things oh, keep yeah. me up at night yeah with, with Trump it's it, I really do question if he, if he knows anything about the government because um, I mean just this week we had this this is debatable, but like he, he went to a ball uh, a ball game and seemingly didn't know the national anthem because like the national anthem was playing and usually the president's meant to sing along or even lead it and like he wasn't singing for the first section and then kind of sung for a little bit and then didn't like that's just basic stuff. I I, it, I know it, it's not something that I would judge someone on. I don't know the American anthem. I don't, I don't know our own anthem, no, but no, I feel like I. the person who runs the fucking country should probably who's been brought there to sing the national anthem should probably know the national anthem um and like the again going back to this this book fire and fury one of the claims is that trump gets to work at like 11 in the morning and then like there's hour breaks in like several hour breaks in the middle yeah. for him to watch tv and tweet and then like he finishes at 6 p.m and then he's he's done for the day and he just goes and watched watch tv that's and, bullshit um, well, I think it's probably stretched a little bit, but this is, the thing is, I'm not shocked by it, because the thing is, he is tweeting at times where, uh, and clearly he's tweeting things that he's just watched on Fox News, so it's it's reasonable to assume that he's saying things like he's been watching TV for a bit. It's probably not 11 in the morning, but like, 10 in the morning, 9 in the morning, I can definitely believe around there, and I can definitely believe he's finishing by 6 or 7, like, mat latest. Like, he's not pulling, like, 12-hour days, certainly. And there's some time in the middle where, because we've seen his his attention span does not last for like hours on end to, to do certain things. So it's I, not I think, shocking for, for that to be the case. I think, um well, I saw this um YouTube video called Trump, a gift to democracy. 
Did you mm-hmm. watch that? I haven't it's seen it. I think, I, I think I've, I, I know. quite a lot of views. And, and it talked about kind of um, Trump being, this is, this is pre-2016. Right. So Trump being kind of the opportunity to educate people on, on what not to be. Right, right? yeah, yeah. No, no, um, yeah, and, I think and, I did see it. And so yeah. it kind of makes people awaken and think, okay, we've got to do something so this kind of stuff doesn't happen. Mm. So that was kind of the, the premise of the video. Um, I kind of think Trump was a gift to democracy in another way, mm. in the sense that, we know democracy isn't all it's crapped up to be. But we also know that America is still a democracy. Mm. The fact that Trump could get in shows that America is still a democracy. The, the person that all the elites didn't want in, um, all the, the party, the two parties didn't really want in, all the people financing campaigns didn't really want in, maybe they were right. Yeah. But actually, it, just, it does show that democracy is still functioning in the US. Kind of, I mean... For now. I mean... The- it's functioning in the sense that a person votes and the person gets in, but the the way that that person's decision making process is is swayed by, um, especially now social media and and TV, quite disturbing in terms of how many uh, mis mistruths and and alternative facts were were, were swinging around. Is, that isn't that democracy anyway? Like yeah, yeah, yeah but that, that is about but, riling up the people. Isn't but it? It, it does raise a question if it, like if that's going to be the the future of social media like that's that's something that's troubling if it can sway an entire election the the leader of the free world can be can be memed into office by by trolls on the internet yeah yeah it's uh it's it's quite quite troubling but like even like like i said even if that that um point about him getting up at 11 even if that's that's trash um he's clearly not all that concerned with running the country like he doesn't seem to be like loads of like a year on loads of positions still aren't filled that were meant to be filled like three months in by like every other president has filled the, the positions in government um you know he goes golfing every other week like literally like he's golfed more uh, more times than any president since eisenhower i think like literally that's the level and eisenhower didn't have like nearly as much to worry about globally and everything so yeah he's he's very neglectful and uh, and in a way that's a gift to democracy in in a different way because um places like california have become much more locally governed in that sense where they where um trump walked away from the paris accords and, and california says well fuck it we don't care we, yeah. we like we'll we'll stick with the paris accords we, we don't care if our president isn't going to do that us as a local like we are the fifth large like what what is it california would it's be the like eighth largest economy. I, it would be the eighth largest economy in the world on its own and they've agreed to say you know what no we're going to stick with that and like that's that's good in a way you know it's not a great great situations that has come to it by that but but still though it's uh well it's funny because you know in the past this you know the um, state turning its back on the federal government would ignite a war or mm. at least ignite a militia going down you can't hmm. have a militia come down to California. No, so we, no. we, we kind of reach an age of such peace that actually that that kind of stuff hmm. could be the first step towards towards the dissolution of the US in the next 50, 60 years. Yeah, who you know, knows? Because um... no, no federal, federal government's not going to come down with guns hmm. anymore, are they? So what power do they have now? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it, I mean, with the... I mean, the federal government can, can go into to any state and override their laws, especially with the marijuana laws. Um, Jeff Sessions has made it very clear that he wants to uh, override the states that have have made it legal. And he wants to, but he has no power to really. Uh, he legally he does. Like uh, the, the because federal law trumps state law, on, especially on drug drug policy. They could just send in federal police and say, "Okay, you're not you're not in, enforcing this law. We will." And like they they could at any point, but it's, practically they haven't. You but know, but they haven't the because it is because it is a thorny issue and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, p- panning away a little a bit from America with um Brexit still grinding on. I mean, I, like I haven't gotten like your full opinion on how that's going or where where you think it's going. Uh, so I mean, again, it's liking too, mm. isn't it? I mean, it's, it's the same thing. You know, yeah. it's kind of like. It's the same with Trump, you know, it was like a revolution in, in some mm. senses, it was like a cultural revolution in mm. some ways. The world looks, it feels and looks different now than it did pre-2016. Mm. Um, but 2017 was just a, a former shadow of the same. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Brexit, big explosion, well, I mean, everyone was shocked more than anything. I think more shocked at Brexit than Trump, because it was the first one. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously connected events, in my eyes. Oh, yeah, um, definitely, yes. But the process, the problem is, is that Theresa May wasn't a Brexiter. That's you know, a, that's part uh, of it. The, I, the people doing the the whole thing aren't really that into it and don't really want it to happen. Ultimately, I think it's going to become watered down to such an extent mm. um, that the business interests of the the big companies within the European Union who are dodging the tax and taking advantage mm. of the free trade movement and the labour of, of, of cheap labour are going to continue doing that by different laws. 
the immigration issue is not really going to change. It's going to discourage people, people from coming to the UK culturally, but mm. legally, I mean, again, I think, I think, I genuinely think that the, 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 it's done now, isn't it? You, mm. you can't really reverse that now. Well, possibly. I mean, because um, th- this is the thing with the, with the way Brexit has gone, that no one seems to be happy with it. And like one of the reasons I think that it has become, the, as you said, the Lion King 2 of years, everyone barged into Brexit without a clear deal on the table of what exactly they were signing up for. And everyone said, OK, yeah, sure, we want to leave Europe. But no one knew exactly what that meant. And now that the, the particulars of what that would be are coming into view, it's pretty obvious that it's not exactly going to be what they were pitched of, you know, more money for the NHS. Um, like, if, if even if we did put more money into the NHS from what we're saving, we're going to have we're going to have to pay this Brexit bill because if we didn't, our credit rating as a country would fall through the through the floor. So we're going to have to pay something like several billion. Um, we're going to lose, you know, clout on the world stage. And, and, and yeah, the immigration stuff probably isn't going to be different. Uh, the money situation isn't going to be all that different. Yeah, no one's happy. I, I'm thinking what could happen is that um, if all the stuff goes through and, and like they they do all the negotiations next year, they could say, put it to Parliament or, 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 or a new referendum saying, okay, look, we finally worked out the deal. This is what it is. Do you want to actually go through with this? Because a, a lot of people in Brussels have, have said, you know what, like, if you guys changed your mind, we wouldn't, we, I mean, we'd be angry, but, you know, it's, it'd be better than, than you leaving, you know, so, so, well, I mean, I, so it'd be, I kind of feel... it's possible, it, it's, well, it's possible yeah. that it could just, like, that we all, I don't know, it, it wouldn't be great, because it's like an abusive relationship, but, like, once you punched, punched the wife or whatever, um, you, it's not gonna be great if you stay together like it's, it's still not a great situation and there's definitely a bloody nose in this and and it would probably still need to eventually break up but you know it, it can be patched up for now it's, it's, Jane, do, yeah. do you know there's there's been a childishness from brussels it's kind of you mm. know kind of oh you know how dare you try and leave me kind of thing how dare you you mm. know turn away from your overlords you know that's the kind of feeling i get from brussels now and i think theresa may being the weakling she is it's kind of um, bowing to that. I, I wouldn't necessarily... I mean, I'd say there's childishness on, on uh, both sides because the thing is, it, the, the, if you look at it from Brussels' perspective, um, for them, it's basically this country that we were meant to be like one of the founding members. We're certainly one of the biggest members um, financially. We're, we're a big part of their budget. We agreed to all these things over decades of trade deals. And now just we've said, no, no, we're done. We're, we're, we're done. See ya. Uh, it's like, and there is a childishness to that, at least in their eyes. And I can definitely understand why they'd be saying, like, no, you you don't want to do this. You know there'll be economic impacts. You know that may, maybe something better over the hill, but at least in our eyes. Um, but it's probably, like, not the best idea short short term. There's so many trade deals that need to be worked out. There's, there was so much work that got put into Europe just to say, no, people aren't interested anymore. we gotta got to undo no, it all. No, I think that's a yeah. good point. But yeah. another narrative is that we we joined a project legally mm. um, through democratic means, and then evolved into a monster that we didn't really. Well, the average citizen had no part in. All mm. the elites made the decisions for them. Um, it's in the favour of big big companies, big global multinational companies, um, and the European Union itself is undemocratic and follows. It, it bows at the whim of these big companies. Um, and it was time to turn away from them. Mm. I mean, so the, the, there's, there's various narratives you, you oh, can yeah, yeah. But you, take you, you can understand why... I mean, like, because the negotiations haven't been great either because <clears throat> David Davies has, has very clearly, like, not laid out a real strategy. And, like, he, he said, like, uh, no, we'll walk away from the table and we won't pay anything. And it's just like, we know you're not going to do that. Like, mm. that, that would be really, really dumb of you. Like, just on the global stage kind of thing. And it's just like, it's there's this sort of weird devil-may-care attitude about it. And, and, you know, at least that's how it's being depicted. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just been this year of spinning wheels and, like, uh, and, like, we finally worked out, okay, don't worry, guys, the European citizens will have their rights guaranteed for a couple of years. And, like, I, I saw a post saying, great, we've got the, that sorted out. Now all we have to work out is the farm subsidies, the art subsidies, the, the connections with, with European passports, um, connections with... And it was, like, it was like a Star Wars crawl of all of the other things that needed to be wor- worked out. And just, like, as a joke, it was just, like okay, we've got this one thing sorted. You don't, like, no one really thought about how big of a, of a thing this was going to be. Like, it is going to be at least until, like, 2019. Possibly an extension. Like, it could be another oh, couple Oh, no, of... I mean, it's 20, uh, 2023, 2022. Mm, possibly, I mean, it's yeah. going to take, take a long time. But I think um, one thing that might be uh, realised in this is that 
the countries where there's strong economic and uh, educational foundation, like France or Germany and, mm. and uh, Sweden, Denmark and, and Norway, these kind of places, I think there's going to be some sort of immigration deal that's greater than what you're going to get mm. um, in the southern countries in the eastern parts of Europe. I think that's going to be ultimately the legacy mm. of Europe. Yeah, if, yeah. if anything, if, if, any, if we can point out anything which has changed... It's going to be that. Mm. Yeah, with the immigration deals going forward. Obviously, Europe is not... Their incentive position here is to, to make Brexit as painful as possible, to prevent any other people from leaving yeah. as, as it is. Yeah. So that that's partially why there's been all this childishness and um, threats to walk away from the table and, and back and forth. And, you know, bit, you know, it's a very bitter divorce. Like, there's definitely no amicable way of, of this all being sorted out. Yeah. Looking uh, as well, sort of connected to Brexit, the, the election that happened this year... Um, that was obviously a big, big news story that we had to all had to deal with this, you know, and that, the ramifications of that moving forward. Mm. Um, the Tories going in thinking all, all confidently, don't, don't worry, guys, we're going to be a strong and stable government that's going to be stronger and stabler into the future and, and everything's fine. <laughs> and then, you know, losing a chunk of their MPs and, and having to bribe Ireland for, for a couple more guys to well, drop the numbers. I've, I've said many times that I'm... You know, actually, I was at a New Year's party and people were going, Tory, at me. Oh, look, Tory. And I was like, hi, (laughs) that's me, hi. But I was saying, saying, no, actually, that isn't me. I'm a conservative, not a Tory, but people didn't know really the difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, as I said, I'm not really a fan of the Tory party. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to see a true conservative movement. But, yeah, the Tory party's kind of um, well and truly fucked it up, haven't they? (laughs) Let's just be honest. (laughs) So fucked, so fucked. Um, I would not be surprised if there's another election either this year or next. Like, certainly around the time the Brexit negotiations finish, if there hasn't been an election by that point, there will be. Because it's just, it's, it's at this point where Theresa May is just, she's limping along, you know, bless her, she's trying. She's put a, but it is this, this situation where it's just, the Tories' are, like, position is untenable. Like literally, it, it all we need is like a couple of special elections in a few can in a few um, areas to knock her back past the post where she wouldn't have enough MPs anymore. She's only like what four or five over the line at this point. Like, well, what might be quite and with, interesting? And that's with obviously with the the um, DUP. Like, that's not even with her and her own MPs. So. I mean, the, the whole DUP thing. Don't just don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's interesting is that we had Brexit. Theresa May's government, obviously, it's not going to be a long-term thing. No. And this is not going to, going to last. I, I can actually see there's enough resentment, especially amongst the um, the Remainers, or the Ramonas, <laughs> the mm. Remainers, um, that uh, that Jeremy Corbyn could get in. Oh, I, um, I'm, all, I'm practically pa- certain at parado- this point. Paradoxically, Jeremy Corbyn actually was a pro-Brexiter originally. But yeah, I think he represents the Remainers in some ways to me. I can see the left coming back, hitting hard, coming back in, only ultimately to be disappointed. Mm, and just as we had Brexit and Trump, we'll have Jeremy Corbyn. And then once we've had, everyone's got what they wanted, and no one got what they wanted. General apathy mm, <laughs> and distress. That's that's an option I hadn't even considered because we'll the um, nation and in the my, world, in, the Western pa- world. Perhaps in my left wing naivety. I mean, obviously, I do believe that Jeremy Corbyn, uh, a Labour Jeremy Corbyn government, would be good, and I think that it would solve a few of the problems. Um, that we have right now, or at least, or at least they would make an effort. Like the biggest feature of the Tory government right now is that they aren't doing anything to fix the NHS or, or rail, or like they're not even trying any. They're not even admitting that there are major issues with with the the renting economy and you know like that the, yeah. the, the, these are problems. Like even yeah. if you disagree with the solutions, even if you don't think government should get involved, they're not even offering actual solutions or or suggestions of how those things could be fixed. Um, so I think that at least a Labour government would feel like an active force trying to fix things. So even where they would, would probably blunder in some places, I feel like they would at least be respected for trying. You know, like a, a Ther- Theresa May's, um, her Conservative government has very much become the nasty party again. The, the ones who are who were more concerned with pushing a fox hunting bill through than... than oh, than what ag- was that? Yeah. I'm sorry, but I saw that and I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, you know, yeah. like an undergraduate taking politics could tell you that's a shit political strategy. Right. What are you thinking? Right. You it's... know, I, I was amazed beyond belief when I yeah, saw that. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, they, they quietly dropped it this this week. Of just yeah, they're like, like, actually, no, it's okay. Fine. Yeah, it's just, like... just leave it, just leave it. Never happened, never happened, guys. Never yeah, happened. it's like... Hey, hey, Hey guys, let's not do the fox hunting thing. It's, it turns out, it turns out most people think it's fucking awful, and and that it's only it only sways rich people. I mean, I mean, it was called the fox hunting bill, but actually, it was kind of under the umbrella mm. of the uh, put into law 
Mm. Anim- animals don't have sentience. Yeah. I yeah. mean, give me a break. Yeah. Anyone who has a dog or even a, even a fucking hamster yeah. knows that animals have sentience. Yeah. No, even if you, you know? don't agree with the whole animals have sentience thing, like, uh, like just vegans and vegetarians in general are all obviously going to be very angry at that suggestion. Be- that needs to be put into a, into law. Like, that's, that's well, a very disturbing it's, it's, idea. You it know? is. It is. And, and, well, sentience... I mean, it's an ambiguous term. It, yeah. Sentience implies consciousness. Mm. We know animals are conscious to a certain level, right? Yeah. But put all that aside. That's a philosophical argument we can mm. have another time. Put that aside. Animals feel it when you punch them. Oh, yeah. Animals yeah. feel pain. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, it's still cruel. Not to that you should punch it. them to find out. No. <laughs> but um, and animals, it's obvious that it's cruel. And yeah. to me, actually, if you look at it statistically, uh, foxes aren't vermin anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so even in the countryside, yeah. you know, um, so it's it's really it's negligible. Yeah, it's, um, uh... especially with factory farming. Is the government really going in there looking after the small farms? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no. I, I, this is why I'm partially looking forward to uh, when we we all switch over to. Uh, I don't know what they're calling it this week, but like in vitro meat or, or clean oh, yeah, meat, yeah, you know, the, the, the stuff where it's it's grown in a lab where it's just pure muscle and fat cells. That so it's like it's it doesn't harm the animal. You've just grown meat in a lab, basically. Um, once we have that, then the ethical questions and, and the environmental problem goes out the window because it requires like ninety five percent less water and and it produces like ninety nine percent less CO two and stuff. So but the the um, economic incentives and power mm. problems mm. will remain. Oh I, no, I think there's huge we, economic. We have the science to change our cars, yeah. you know. But oh yeah, we no, don't but, want to no, but I think um, there companies. is hu- there is huge economic incentive for it because it costs a lot. Uh, like it costs more now because they haven't quite figured out a way to mass produce it. But um, once they do. It will be. It could get significantly cheaper because the thing is, right now, you know, McDonald's has to, you know, raise cattle and and like they they have to own a lot of land and like even for factory farming, there's you know massive requirements and stuff. Oh and yeah, yeah. I mean, but like once they can I do mean, it like... entirely within a lab, um, and like because it's it's already dropped from the first one cost the first burger cost twenty thousand dollars to produce. They've got that down to five dollars now. Once they get it down to one dollar, then it will kick off. Uh, yeah, like, um, even if it's even if it's a little more to produce it, it'll be less to like in the long run. Yeah, so no, I, I agree with you that economically, it's, yeah. it's, it's beneficial for the long for the long run. Mm. You know, because because it's, it's infinite, isn't it? It's oh, yeah. an infinite resource. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's... It may be the first stage towards um, mm. you know, that kind of post kind of consumer. Kind yeah, of yeah. Thing, but what I mean is the power structures. Mm. You know, is what I'm saying about the petrol companies. There's various alternatives to to mm. to petrol as fuel, which are cheap and better for the environment but the petrol companies have so much political power that changing the infrastructure mm. of of the world you know um, which actually supports their wealth and, and growing prosperity is against their interests so even if this meat stuff comes out which it will the huge agricultural powerhouses mm, that, of the US yeah. will fight against it politically they'll find a way to make it illegal or or, or, or to lack the subsidies they need or da, 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 mm, I yeah. think there'll be resistance but I think McDonald's as a company is, is bigger than the, the agricultural firms they employ like there'll, there'll be companies with enough clout to, to, to get it in and, and even if there's resistance there's ways around it like you could maybe I don't know if there would be some form of um, gifting program where basically like if you say to a farmer okay if you give up your farm we will give you this tower that produces meat you know and it's just and like that's like so you you basically swap your old style farm for this style farm because that's what we want politically like if there's some kind of program some way of switching over because we know that politically economically environmentally it'll just be a much better situation in the future if we do something like that like that that's like that, that, there's somewhere around it but uh i mean um it's kind of that weird dichotomy here you're coming from the left wing point of view yeah, and yeah. you're being positive mm. i'm coming from uh, quote unquote, the right point of view here but i'm more concerned with the power structures here than you are and you, I, you, your, your belief in the economics yeah will, will push it forward yeah i'm skeptical of yeah no i, I think um, um that's interesting weirdly enough i think there is a free market argument for, for how that would yeah. work out and uh if there wasn't, then there'd be a government way to create a free market argument, and you know that's the, that's the, the yeah. way that you deal with that. With the technology stuff of, of just uh, meat meat going the way it is, and like the, that's one one thing that uh, twenty seventeen was actually pretty good for in terms of technology and and food, because like it, the, there were a bunch of good news stories that um that got buried by by all the political 
horror stories like um polio is, is down to like near, near extinction mm. uh, rubella and a bunch of other diseases are, are down crazy low um despite near famines in uh, sudan and obviously with the the refugee situation world hunger was at, at its you know lowest um since records began global war deaths were actually at their lowest in a long time so that's mm. 2017 wasn't the, the the worst you know year into like there there was actually good news and and uh, the the amount of people in the world living on two dollars a day has gone down to a, a crazy low so it's uh that, that's largely yeah. due to um china though isn't it and, and the, the um, politi- lo- political largely colonialism of china and africa giving um, jobs Ch- to china people. and africa mainly yeah but uh, but hey good news is good news so you know, yeah it's like yeah, it's yeah. it's nice to I mean, it's know, not like... bad that it's just happening in china you know yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. all good you know yeah, 100 yeah. million people out of poverty in china yeah, in the last yeah, 10 yeah years, exactly right? you know it's, it's it's all it's all good to to hear that and uh al- although it's it is a bit scary moving on to the the, the other big news story of, of north korea keep keeping on keeping on should we do north korea then yeah yeah um, let's talk about north korea a little bit um because you know it's 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 not good good news if if we're all not starving but then then we get nuked tomorrow you know that's it's uh, a ironic wouldn't it yeah yeah oh yeah like we've ended world hunger yay oh Um, no (laughs) we've ended world hunger and then no one ever ate again (laughs) (laughs) it gets suddenly very dark brutal yeah um but yeah north korea i mean like because I I hate to be the, the smug liberal, but I feel like t- Hillary Clinton wouldn't have been fucking joshing with Kim Jong Un okay, on Twitter. Okay. So my opinion of North Korea, we should always have been aggressive towards them. I think um, right. I think allowing a dictator like that in the twenty first century to starve his people, create a prison of a nation, it's, um, and it, to accumulate yeah. weapons and weapons of mass destruction and and chemical weapons. This is not a Saddam Hussein thing here. Mm. He's, he's literally coming out with I have weapons of chemical warfare and and mass destruction Um, so look my opinion of North Korea is that it needs to be contained Mm. I think China is now joining us on that I mean the last thing China wants is us with the war in North Korea because um, firstly 20 million refugees are going to walk straight into China Mm. South Korea doesn't want it to happen anymore because they're walking to South Korea. Neither but has the infrastructure to deal with that. China um, is setting up refugee camps supposedly along the border with North Korea. Um, well, so they're quietly. they're already worried. That they're, uh, yeah. they're, they're they're very aware that it's very possible that not necessarily that America will definitely be the ones to um, pull that trigger, but de- they're definitely aware that the Kim dynasty could fall apart at any moment. Just just look at yeah. the rest of of, of Southeast Asia, right? Mm. Um, Thailand, Vietnam, especially, even Laos. Mm. You know, um, and it's obviously China. The tiger economies, they're 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 exploding, you know. Um, North Korea is the sick man of Asia. Mm, you know, it's, it's come, not, it, you know, yeah. and and th- this is the problem, you know, to to keep them going and to say, well, we don't want fallout, you know, we don't want any sort of conflict. Let's let them, you know, accumulate more power and accumulate nuclear weapons, which do have global reach. That's just silly, in my point of view. I think yeah. I think we should nip them in the bud twenty years ago, personally. That that would obviously be ideal if we could have just got, or America could have just gone in there and regime change the, the problem with that that sort of mentality is even in isolation forget anything around north korea obviously regime change isn't a great situation because because we're like like with iraq we've had to see the the rise of isis and refugee crises and that that all stems from the iraq war so like even in isolation like iraq wasn't the proxy state of anyone powerful and even they became a massive problem just by doing re- regime change there um, but then you have to worry about the fact that, uh, like, if we had done it back then, China was very behind them at that point. And the reason that North Korea was propped up by China is they are a buffer zone. Like, China doesn't want to have South Korea or, you know, take over that area and just have a, yeah. an America-controlled Korea right at its border. So it was very much behind it. So if if we had definitely gone in there before they had nukes and done conventional warfare and, like, or sniped Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il at that time, potentially, like, you could have a, a Korea that... that was you know capitalist and providing for its its citizens but then you'd have direct war with china and it, it snowballs like that's the reason that we've had to be pragmatic and it's 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 shit it's shit having to to put up with a an actual dictator starving his people and putting them in camps and like it's although well, he, the, he forced the, them to eat shit as agriculture yeah yeah you, you, you know you know um the north korean soldier which defected mm. to the other side yeah he was found with worms in his stomach yeah yeah uh, which, which came from using shit as fertilizer yeah yeah so he's literally poisoning his own people with parasites you know? yeah yeah it's... Uh, and you, you're saying you're being pragmatic i actually think you're being idealist here you're saying you know you know we've got this geopolitical strategy mm. well actually no he's building up nuclear arms eventually oh, yeah, no, no, he's going to have the power to use them th- that, that take is, him out before that that, that is, is pragmatic big, that is the big thing um, 
And, and China wants to sell us duvets. They don't yeah. want to fight with us. They want to sell us pillows and duvets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Right? Um, but it, it is that risk, you know? Like, it is that sort of thing of, like, if you get it right and you are correct that China won't, won't attack back and that, um, that everything goes right, then, yeah, definitely you, you would solve the issue and, and scarper it. But it does have that problem that there was China, which has always been nuclear armed, at least for the last 40 years mm-hmm. or so. You know, they've ha- they have nukes, they have a massive army. It could make tensions a lot worse. And forgetting even the nukes, North Korea has enough conventional weaponry pointed right at South Korea that any attempts to remove their regime would result in the death of several million South Koreans. Like, that, that is the price that... This is the reason that Trump's advisors have all said, don't do this, is because they know that minimum casualties, you're looking in the hundreds of thousands. Like, best case scenario... Hundreds you're, of you're, thousands in South Korea, mm. or hundreds of billions across the globe? Well, this this is, yeah... The, the, so the, that's, the, that's, that's the question. Yeah, it's always a thorny issue, because the thing is, wait, with, with the nukes, is that question of North Korea just using it to, to, to bully their way in. And you could almost say it's playing for time, because like the assumption, I think, on the American side has been for just a long time, the Kim d- dynasty is unsustainable. Eventually, the, the, the people or the government, the, you know, the, the military in there, would just overthrow them and say, okay, you know what, this this was unsustainable, we'll, we'll play ball now. And there, there is an element of that that, that could yeah, still happen. I, th- I think you're right. It's, um, that would almost yeah, be the better option is, is for it to th- overthrow itself. But it, because o- it, overthrow yeah. itself yeah. And, and leave it with a bunch of just despotic generals vying for power mm. or with access to nuclear and chemical weapons. I mean, to that, that to me is a disaster waiting to happen. Mm. I think ultimately this is something which could have been done 20 years ago. We're, we're, we're past this now. I think going at North Korea head on, though, politically is the way we should deal with it now. I'm not saying we should go and attack North Korea. Obviously, yeah, obviously yeah, it's yeah. 2017. They, they have the means now to really inflict damage on, on, the, on the region of Southeast Asia. Yeah. We don't want that. But the way Trump is dealing with it is childish and immature. Oh, yeah. But yeah no, no, you should like, deal I, with I, it. I I'm, I'm not saying, we're not saying that Trump's being good here. You don't need a political science degree to say you know, tweeting about the size of your button is not I mean, it's the just, way to I mean, solve this. I was flabbergasted when I saw them. I thought it was a parody tweet. I, I like, had to look up the tweets like, no. No, that couldn't be real. No, I thought that. I get like um, Twitter emails where it shows me like an email from certain people, of tweets of certain people. And I saw that and I thought, that's got to be a troll. Yeah, 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 right. But um, the way we should deal with it now is to say say to China, as Trump says, China. But we we should say to China, unless you rein in what's happening with Kim Jong-un, we're going to put certain customs and taxes on on, on your goods. Um, But that requires strong leadership and requires um, us mm. to put our prices up in the West as well. Yeah. no, it, there's a price to pay yeah. for, I don't want to sound too uh, Reaganistic here, but freedom. Yeah. You know, there's a price to pay for it, you know? Yeah. No, and that's a price that most people in the West, mm. apathetic as they are, are, are not willing to pay. It is it is politically difficult because you would be inviting a trade war. And uh, this is where I, I think if um, Trump had the courage of his convictions and actually like was a strongman leader, not just putting it on for because he wants to, you know, sound big. Um, if he actually had the courage and was saying, No, I'm gonna do this because of this, because I believe in this, then there would be some respectability about it. But when he's just tweeting randomly and, and like doesn't seem to have any flow, sometimes he's saying, No, no, we've got to talk to China, we've got to political you know, we've got to be political about this and then the the next day he's like he's just, you know, flying off the handle on, on a social media. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's very clear that there there is no plan here, and that's the scariest thing of all. I was just about yeah. to say that it's scary, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you want, at least if we had someone who I don't agree with uh, politically, right? Yeah, yeah. Someone who's extreme left or whatever. Yeah. At least they have a plan. Yeah. You know, it's like the Leviathan thing, you know? Yeah, you don't want a dictator, but you'd rather a dictator than anarchy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd yeah. rather be scared of the big man than a hundred other men. Mm. You know, like, it's, it's, it's this kind of idea, you know? So I'm. I'm I, I will say it's, what, it's getting yeah. scarier the, the more. Mm tweets yeah kind of hit, hit the fan i will say know? that the, the more um the, the, the more the trump dynasty or regime or premiership whatever you want to call it um the more it goes on <laughs> the, the more it goes on um the more it shows just how little they need the president for the day-to-day running of, of the country because like a lot of stuff is get, just getting done and it, it speaks to the the structure of America's um, democracy. If their democracy was more fragile, he would be a literal dictator by now. Like, because mm-hmm. he could, like, if, if he had the ability to change the constitution in terms of the First Amendment, he, he'd absolutely be going full blast on it. But you know, it's it speaks to their institutions that it's 
quite possible that he'll either be impeached or he'll just be a one-term president because that's a great thing is that you know four years and then if you've done a shit job and your approval rating is in the toilet and your party seems to be just self-immolating for four years then the well, likelihood is you'll be out of out of power you know kind of, and hopefully rings, he doesn't sorry. start war in, in yeah. that time well i mean it kind of rings back to what we were saying in the beginning yeah Maybe Trump is the gift to democracy. Mm, possibly. Um, uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to move on to the next thing, speaking of um, the 2020 election, Oprah Winfrey is apparently <laughs> a contender now. The shit worries me. Yeah, because... It really, it disheartens yeah. me. It, um, it, it disheartens me a little bit when I see my fellow liberals tweeting, yes, Queen, yes, we want Oprah Winfrey. It's like, did we not just spend a fucking year talking about unqualified celebrities not being right for the yeah. presidency? Was this not our entire central argument against yeah. Trump? Like, it doesn't matter if he's run a business. It doesn't matter if he's likable. You, you don't fucking appoint people who have no experience to fucking positions of power. At the bare minimum, you need someone who's done community organising or something. Like, have a term in, in Senate. One! Just, just fucking one! And, like, at the bare minimum. The way I like to describe it is you have to lead somebody somewhere before you lead everybody from everywhere. <laughs> no, I think that's very, very poetically well put. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, um... We are entering an age of celebrityism where it's actually infecting our political structure. Yeah, no, and that it, is a huge problem. I, I hate how much idiocracy is becoming right because I fucking hate that movie. But in that movie, a professional wrestler is, is president. <laughs> yeah. And Trump has been on professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And and yeah. like in the future everyone gets paid for advertising. And there's a YouTube and Facebook economy for people being paid on advertising just because of, of being influencers. The, and like it's fucking scary that 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 is what we're talking about like idiocracy like a bunch of stuff in idiocracy is still fucked up and dumb and not correct but the fact that world wrestling president and people you know being paid for advertising themselves it's again scary kind of kind of fucked up i mean and, um, you know i love classical stuff but mm. it's just another form of caesarism mm. isn't it it's just popular culture it's just well, riling up crowds it's getting people excited everyone knows who you are why not fucking run why not become proconsul or president? Well, I, I at least you know it, it's better than the Roman Empire in that um, Trump didn't storm an army on Washington to, to to become president. He did actually get elected, so that's something. Um, and for, it, I, for now, well, yeah, true, but yeah. like, and he very likely will be a one-term president because he's been bad at it. So yeah, you know, and and his mm. approval ratings are the lowest. That for any president in their first year since polling began, the Republicans are even worse. Um, it's very likely that ne this year the Democrats will just storm Senate and maybe even the House and they'll be able to block anything else that he does. So even if he's around, um, he he'll just not be able to do anything. So it's better than the Roman, <laughs> the Roman Empire in that sense. Um, and you know, Oprah, if it came down to Trump and Oprah, I mean, she's at least a bit more of a self-made billionaire than Trump because she started on a lower rung and, you know, she's a black woman. So... Doesn't make a difference. No, no, I know. I, just... I know. I, I'm trying to look for some you fucking know. silver lining. And, and, there would... Would, and like, from a left-wing perspective, it would be nice to, to give a bloody nose to the white nationalists who were in Trump's camp, who weren't everyone, but, like, they were there and they were in... You know, it's that, the same. It's yeah. the same. It's just all the other sides, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't put past yeah. anything... Yeah. I wouldn't put any sorry. I wouldn't put anything past the white nationalists and neo Nazis, mm. but I also wouldn't put anything past the BLMs and SJWs in mm. the world either. To me, they're they're on par of two same extremes. Uh, We've I mean, argued this out before, but yeah, that's yeah. just my opinion. For well, now. like I said, I, I I don't think affirmative action and literal fucking Nazis <laughs> are quite comparable, but that's well, just my view. But it's, well, affirmative uh, action is judging someone literally on their color. I know, rather than their like, economic position. I, or I, and I'm not so. I'm not for affirmative action, but it's not literal fucking Nazis. Yeah, they're not <laughs> fucking Nazis. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm saying the SJWs are getting yeah. like uh, aggressive as well, you know, in the same way that Nazis I'm, have been. Well, I mean, that's a debate. The neo Nazis. That's a debate for another time. But the fact that neo Nazis walked the streets of America, like literally saying, um, Jews will not replace us and um, white lives matter, uh, it was. Uh, the SJWs walk around saying, it, kill white people and pigs and blankets. So, mm, I mean, it goes both ways, right? Mm, um, I think it's well, a problem too. Well, considering we've, we've, the, the white people are still the majority and that the fact that white nationalism has happened before and could happen again i'm a little more scared of that <laughs> tangibly speaking yeah it's, it's a it's a 
bit more of a concern. I, that... I'm more worried about people being put in the camps of race and gender than anything else. Yeah. And this is, that's why I, I don't like the neo-Nazis nor the SJWs. Yeah. You know, that's oh, why I, I think, look at people as people. You know, it's not just white people, white man, white, black woman, yeah. black woman. I mean, come on, everyone wake up. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, that's my that's my that's my thing, really. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's been a weird year. I, I think that there is going to be a bit of a backlash to to Trump and and definitely a left wing. Yeah, yeah whoever the, the Democrats run, no matter who who they are, even even a corporate Democrat like Cory Booker or whoever, um, wouldn't be exciting. But you know, literally Trump, like as long as as long as Democrats turn out, that's that's literally all they have to do. It's it's going to be down to turn yeah. out, and if the de- Democrats turn out for whoever they pick, uh, whether it's Oprah or fucking. <laughs> Like, literally, people are talking about, like, Mark Zuckerberg running, which would, frankly, be more scary than Trump, because yeah. Trump is just negligent and fucking stupid, but do we really want King Facebook running the fucking yeah. country? That's, yeah. that is fucking terrifying. That's so scary, because then, is... then he can literally watch all of us as Li- well. Right? It's so you know, scary. He knows it's... what we're talking about, has access to our profiles and our information. I mean, I, I did see, see a, a meme on Facebook of just, like, 1950s, like, oh, I'd better watch what I say on the telephone or the, or the government wiretaps might might hear me and nowadays it's like hey government wiretap what's the what's <laughs> this like currency in I mean, pounds like can you imagine if if that kind of thing happened i mean we've got a google um, home in the room right now like that's, well, okay that's I, no, I was just about to say my brother and i always always talk about this right he's got a google home yeah and um he was like james james be careful don't joke about that because they can hear us <laughs> and i'm not kind of like Kill Theresa May. And he's like, James, they're listening to us. I'm like, joking, joking, joking. And he's like, yeah. but I mean, is he right? I don't know. Like, is he? I don't know. I mean, like, I, don't, I don't know either. No one knows. No one fucking knows. A lot of people have, have said that, like, they've, they've mentioned something, like, in passing, and, like, they, they know that they have Google Home in the room, and then they see an ad for it, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck happened there? And, like, Google's response to that is like, well, you know, we're tracking you on a bunch of other websites. You use Google Chrome and stuff, so we, we can predict what you're you're likely to want anyway. So this is probably a, a coincidence that you were looking out for that thing that you thought about. But it's like, that's, mm. al- that's also scary in its own I way. I don't know. And it's like, eh, maybe, maybe not. And like, but even if they are listening, is that really... They're just using it to sell shit to you and like, they're probably not... For now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's an issue for me. I'm, yeah. That kind of worries me, that shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how far is it going to be until... We have like a little kind of um, a debit card, kind mm. of like a little beeper on our wrist, right? Yeah. And then if we misbehave or we break the laws, the government can turn that, turn it off. Yeah. And that's... all our economic activity is over, or or, or kills us like that, right? You know, I mean, how far is it? How far can it go? Everybody get Bitcoin. That's the other news story I mean, of the year. The fact they can listen to us having a conversation in our room. Yeah. How different is that to? I mean, I know it's not being used right now in that way. Yeah. But it could be very quickly, very easily. Oh yeah, you yeah, know it, it could be, but I mean it's this is where um, we're getting into the cyberpunk territory of, of governments being irrelevant, and it's just corporations. They don't care about controlling you; they just want you to buy new shit. That's 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 the extent of it, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, which is scary in its own way. Yeah. But Bitcoin was the other big news story to, to round out the year. I loved that. Yeah, but it's gonna crash. It it is. It's yeah, clearly gonna crash. I was so upset because I saw like I saw it starting to go up around like five thousand middle of the year, but I was like unemployed and had no money at the time, and I was like, oh, I really wish I could fucking. Pa- I I I would have bought like a couple Bitcoin, and like that would have been like yeah. a nice chunk of money, and I I knew that to that I would be cashing out around the ten thousand twelve thousand mark. It got up to twenty thousand, and that now it's crashed back down, and it's like. Uh, but but part of me is also thinking like ah that's the kind of mentality that makes it a bubble. I don't want to be part yeah, of that, you yeah, know. No, it's exactly. like, and it really annoys me because the technology behind it is really fascinating and cool, and and is going to be super important five to ten years from now. And we are in that dot com bubble stage of it, but but it is it is a bubble right now. It's it's very frustrating. It is, but I was talking to um, a guy um, at, at my work, and he was saying to me that. Um, Bitcoin will now be accepted by McDonald's in the US soon. Mm, and there, that's been the a bu- first step, isn't it? There's you know? been a bunch of these news stories of Bitcoin being accepted by Amazon, and that made the price jump up like 30%. It was crazy for, for like a week, and then Amazon said, no, we're, we're not accepting your your currency that fluctuates by the fucking minute. What do you think? We're, are you are just going to see the Bitcoin price literally fluctuate as you're on the page for, for what its value is? Um, but I think once it gets accepted at so a couple of actual retailers that might stabilize the price a little bit because they they'd start listing actual things of value in in the price and that would that would stabilize it out a little bit but uh 
yeah, cryptocurrencies in general, they're, they're going to be fascinating to... It's very annoying because like, I'm, I'm a very tech-heavy guy. I've, I've been thought about doing a tech podcast at some point because I follow... Tech is the other big news thing that I follow. And I know, like, I've heard all these interesting ideas of where cryptocurrency will be 10 years from now. And I feel like I'm just behind the hill. And I see over the hill something really fascinating and cool. And it's just waiting for time to chug its shit along to, until it's all here, you know? The only thing that I'm, I'm kind of worried about, again, is the power interest thing. Mm. You know, are the governments going to crack down on people using Bitcoin? The last thing mm. the US wants is people using Bitcoin over the dollar. Same oh, with yeah, the Chinese definitely. yen. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm worried. Are they going to arrest people for using it eventually? Are they going to crack down on companies, increase taxes on companies which accept Bitcoin? They're not going to want it to happen, mm. you know? And what do you think? Like I said, the technology is rock solid. Um, yeah. And it's definitely going to be uh, important in the future. I think um, they don't like the idea of Bitcoin, certainly. But I can definitely imagine com uh, countries developing their own cryptocurrencies or using um, the blockchain to augment the way that they deal with digital currencies. Um, and that will be, in its own way, something very, very important. Like Estonia is already looking at doing their own crypt um, cryptocurrency or um, their own blockchain-backed currency. Because Estonia gets everything fucking cool first, <laughs> like because the because they do all the technology stuff. So that's, that's cool. yeah, yeah. It's a perfect country as well because it's small and it's. Oh no, yeah, there's, there's literally one point three million people there. Yeah, why but, not test it there? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one way of looking at it as a lab rat, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like yeah, sure, you you can have all the fuck up problems first, and you know fuck, why not? Um, but yeah, a bunch of countries have talked about like the possibility of it, and like it, there's there's all this talk of like oh cryptocurrencies if you use you know, blockchain protocols, you could build that into um, a universal basic income. And like we debated that uh, last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be kind of fascinating to, to mix those two things and get closer to, to, to a anarcho-communist state. Of, can, uh, can you of expand the... on that? Just, just the voice. Yeah, because so, we talked about this in what to Sure, sure. So, <laughs> so, so, so the idea of universal basic income is, has become quite big over 2017 because a lot of news stories were talking about automation killing a lot of jobs. I'm more now in the, the view that, because um, I forget the percentage of it, but it was like over 90% of the job growth over the last 10 years has been based on uh, casual contracts and zero hours contracts. So um, I think it's more that work is becoming this thing where it's independent contractors facilitated through in the internet and automation. And that's where the growth is. And it's less that technology is stealing jobs. It's more diluting them. So you're saying sense. it's like micro-capitalism. Kind of. But basically it's um, these, because these companies then don't have to pay sick pay or pensions or any of that shit. Um, it's, it's obviously financially there's an incentive and they like the idea of just having this in, this workforce of independent contractors where through the internet or through um, just because they've got the technology to keep track of everyone in that sort of system now. I feel like that's that's the future of work or where it's, it looks like it's heading right now and, unless governments crack down on it. Um, but the thing about um, universal basic income is this idea of governments giving every citizen an income basically just like paying yeah uh, a thousand quid a month or whatever it whatever amount it is whether it's subsidizes or it's just the basic amount to survive and one of the things with blockchain that you can do because blockchain technology would basically make that that system almost free to do it'd be over the internet it would uh would require no bureaucracy because it's um electronic contracts are automatically verified by the network so there'd be no need for a bureaucracy around it and it would be just obviously a lot less bureaucracy than the current um unemployment insurance kind of model of things of just paying people who are unemployed but they have to have all these requirements and they spend more money chasing it than they save if they were you know doing certain mm -hmm. other things but, but it's like but how does blockchain how can it be applied to ubi is it as well yeah, yeah so so Basically, um, for those of you who don't know, blockchain basically is that um, for every computer that's on the network, they automatically verify every transaction that happens. So with blockchain, what you have is basically anyone, if, if a government had a cryptocurrency or a blockchain thing running, they could distribute this universal basic income thing. And like rather than having a central government bureaucracy verify everything and make sure that it's all correct and, and sure, you could have this e-citizenship thing where it's, it's self-verifying. The network would verify itself and any erroneous transactions would immediately be de detected because they wouldn't match up with the records and everyone would know it. It's, it's self-verifying. So you wouldn't have to have a central government bureaucracy deal with it and it would be self-sustaining basically. So you wouldn't have, have to employ a bunch of people to chase it up. Or at least so you'd need to employ a lot less. But well, yeah, there's, there's so many ways it's in which... It's a brave new world. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, 
I'm looking forward to, to seeing where it goes. In terms of predictions for 2018 and, and, and the future, definitely a backlash to all the shit of 2016. Because I feel like 2016, all that stuff happened, but then it didn't because Brexit and Trump had to kick in. And 2017 was that kicking in, and now it's the kickback kind of thing. So we're going to see whether or not they're effective, we don't know. But, you know, um, Democrats and left-wing parties in general kicking back and getting into power in some places. Brexit possibly stumbling and maybe not quite going the way we expect. Or if it does, who knows at that point, because it could become but, a thing. But, but James, this, yeah. this isn't politics as usual to me. Mm. You know, it's, it's going to be a kickback. And then another extreme kickback from the right, and then even more extreme kickback from the left, and mm. the parties are going to become more polarized, um, almost like you know, like you get the two thousands and you get the third way with Labour, and when you get George Bush, who was actually kind of very left wing leaning in his economic policies, it's almost like the parties became indistinguishable in America mm. and the UK, especially, and it became more about who's the better manager. Mm. People get complaining. There's no left wing or right wing anymore. Yeah. We're going to have this kind of crescendo of left and right wing politics come back and we're going to have extreme left and right wing and then it's yeah. going to come back in again in the 50s or something. Mm. Um, it could be Maybe. Um, contracting and... Um, uh, I'm, I'm very... That's a depressing idea that I hadn't considered because obviously I'm, I'm left wing and I was looking forward to the nice... And expanding. The, I was looking forward to the nice left wing paradise that I was <laughs> that I was hoping for in the 20s but I, I mean it's very possible that, that Jeremy Corbyn's labour even if it's effective in some places will be viewed as insufficient and then be kicked out by the next guy and then who, who, who knows what else um, and then yeah it could be a crumbling and having to rebuild everything uh, who knows the, the problem with the right wing parties right now the Republicans and the Conservatives is that throughout the 2000s they were and especially through the recession they were political arsonists they were built on this idea of just tearing down whatever the government was doing the the republicans in america were obviously in opposition and their entire thing was just about we want to make obama a one-term president we want to defeat any initiatives they did they 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 did and then you know they had the tea party and, and here in england the conservatives were in power but they they were basically in damage control for the first few years then it's just been ideological austerity and not really much else in terms of agenda they, they've not been building anything and their entire identity on, on both sides of the atlantic there has been just destroy anything that the government was doing. But the left wing, I feel like they want to do stuff. They want to improve stuff and they maybe get it wrong sometimes, but they're at least, they have an identity. 2016 was the right smashing through and finally burning down that last brick. But they, but they really think... they really need to actually develop an identity of like what exactly the right, right it means to be right wing in the 21st century. I think, I think you're right there. However, I think the reason why the right were, as you say, political arsonists, because... It was like a revolution, as I said. Mm. You know, this whole kind of um, quote-unquote SJW culture mm. um, or management culture of a third way. People need an ideology, right? Mm. And I think the, the left-wing ideology, which was um, the one that was kind of, you know, as I say, reigning right now. In popular culture now, but not politically, but it was politically as well back mm. then. That's not what people on the right wanted. So they knew what they didn't want, but they're not sure what they wanted. So yeah, I think this is a kind of a touching feeling period now where the right's going to find out what they want. But you know what? I kind of think that, like, that is the difference between left-wing and right-wing politics, you know? The left want to change society. Um, the right, or conservatives, it's in the name. They want to conserve society. They want to keep what they have. They want to value tradition. They take value in ancient wisdom. When the left are saying, no, well, that's, that was all bullshit. Let's create mm. a new future. That's where the, the political difference yeah. lies. So in some ways, the right will always be political arsonists because they're always trying to stop the left from changing things. But you are right. In the 21st century, what does it mean to be a right wing? Does it mean that you have all out capitalism and you let huge companies rule the roost? I don't think that's right wing anymore. Mm. Is it nationalism? Is it looking after people within your own country and with your own ideals and your own culture? But then in doing so, you have to adopt left-wing um, mm. uh, philosophies or left-wing uh, yeah, yeah. policies. You know, what does it mean to be right-wing? Right I think I think that's probably the best point of the, um, the podcast so oh, far. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I, I don't think left-wing people were, were too happy with, uh, with the way things were going for the, the whole 2000s. Because, I mean, people on the left don't look back at the, the Tony Blair years as, as, um, as great times because they see it as this neoliberal consensus that was... Tory light or that you know it's like it betrayed the mm. actual left-wing yeah. values so no one was actually happy throughout those times it wasn't uh just the left-wing reigning supreme it was this yeah like you say third way that um 
uh, was meant to be please everyone and therefore please no one. <laughs> and it's, and it, ha- it is this polarization thing now of people have found more solid ideologies, or at least they're trying to find them in, in the muck of it. But um, yeah, the left wing is, you know, deciding, do we almost want to to try and make communism work? <laughs> do, you know, do we do we want to yeah. maybe have another crack at that experiment? Do, do we want... Is, is the Nordic way of, you know, just socialist government, democratic socialism, is that a perfect system? Could it be applied here? What, you know, is the culture right for it? You know, it's mm-hmm. a... It's a... It's it's touch and go, and it's... Uh, the way I describe it is it's, it feels like 2016 was seeing the explosion start, 2017 was the explosion, and now the, now's the aftermath. Or um, Lion King 3, I guess. Lion King 3, <laughs> yeah. That's, a... That's when a scar comes back. No, no, no. It's, it's, you know, and, uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah. It's, Sorry, it's li- no, wait, it. they did Lion King 1.5, Timon and Pumbaa's story. Oh, yeah, they did. Wow, that's... Fuck, is that what we've got to look forward to? Rewriting 2016? I don't know. Oh, that'd be that'd be awful. Running around the the, the back scenery of 2016 as, in a political sense? Jesus. I, I, think it, I think in some ways, um, I think that... The left lost their economic mm. leftness, right? Yeah. And the right lost their traditional uh, right wingness, mm. if I want to put it yeah, in those yeah. basic terms. Yeah, yeah. So you guys gave up your economics, we gave up our culture. Mm. And I think that's kind of coming back now on both sides. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think actually, you know what? I think economics for a lot of people is becoming less important, um, mm. you know, in, in the face of the cultural problems. And others, it's just the economic stuff. Yeah, so yeah. So we're almost having two separate arguments all the time. But no one's pointing this out, are they? People are just saying left or right. And again, what does that mean now? Yeah. It's, it's not a, the 20th century anymore. Yeah. If we can get through this century without communists versus Nazis again, that'll be fine by me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we can avoid making that mistake again, that's the, where we're at at this point. That's, uh, that, that is the bar set. Please don't have communists versus Nazis again. I mean, and I think that's closing out the episode. No one had fun, did no, they? No, it was not fun. Uh, um, and I think we should learn from that lesson. SS uniforms and the hammer and sickle, they look cool. Good design work. Props to them. Nice, good, good brand recognition. Don't do it. <laughs> that's yeah. that, 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 that's the lesson for this week. And hopefully this year we'll, we'll we'll keep the debates going, even if everyone else is stops debating and and starts grabbing the guns. Yeah, we will always. Yeah. Always. yeah. So um, follow us at James B James Pod on Twitter and consider supporting us on Patreon so, so that we can keep this going for another year. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.